0: This is The Guardian.
1: Today, a serial liar who became a U.S. congressman. And what his story tells us about
2: American politics today. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news.
1: For some time now, an unusual figure, a conservative Republican, has cast a shadow over American politics. People didn't think much of him until he blindsided the Democrats with an election win that no one saw coming. People still struggle to explain. He's gained a reputation for big, bombastic claims, for courting controversy, stretching the truth and allegedly committing criminal acts in office. Who is this rogue politician who calls himself an icon and whose journey, described as Gatsby esque, is about to be the subject of its own HBO movie? From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus the lives and many lies of George Santos. Adam Gabbett, you're a reporter with Guardian US. Tell me, who is George Santos, at least the way he tells it?
3: In his telling, he's a wealthy, successful businessman who worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, two financial giants.
2: When I first started in my career at Citigroup, I was told, oh, you're a really smart guy. And here I am. Today, I am a proud regional director of a $1.5 billion fund.
3: And since then, he's run a family owned property company, which owns 13 properties and is worth $80 million. George Santos is also a noted academic who graduated towards the top of his class from a prestigious university. He also earned an MBA. He's a talented athlete, albeit one hampered by injury, a charity founder, and he also has a passion for the arts. He produced a Broadway musical, In his youth, he was on the TV show Hannah Montana alongside Miley Cyrus. But he has had a brush with tragedy. Hmm. His mother was caught up in the September 11th attacks on New York. Again, this is in his telling. Mm. She was in the South Tower um, and she made it out.
2: She got caught up in the ash cloud. My mom fought cancer till her death.
3: And he is also Jewish and his grandparents according to him, survived the Holocaust.
2: I've seen how socialism destroys people's lives because my grandparents survived the Holocaust.
1: I
3: think that gives you an idea.
1: Well, it sounds like he's someone who has persevered through adversity to achieve very impressive things. Tell me about how he rose to power.
3: He was a big Donald Trump supporter. So he was at the Capitol on the day of the January 6th insurrection. He ran for election initially to the House of Representatives in 2020 and he lost. But he ran again in the midterm elections. This was in November last year and he won. There was supposed to be a sort of red wave in those elections. The idea was that loads of Republicans were going to win seats in Congress because Joe Biden wasn't popular, still isn't very popular, really. That didn't really happen, apart from in a couple of places, one of which was in New York, in Long Island, just east of New York City. Republicans won all four House seats there, and George Santos was one of them. Played into sort of fears around crime and inflation, quite sort of local issues. The Republican Party had a quite popular guy running for governor of New York who sort of brought out voters. And he won quite convincingly in the end.
0: Only in this country can the kid who came from the basement in Jackson Heights.
2: Heights!
0: That's it. Santos delivered a big victory for Republicans, flipping a congressional seat from blue to red and helping his party take the majority in the House
1: so as George Santos is rising to Congress, is there anyone out there pointing out anything slightly suspicious about him?
3: Yeah, there's a small local newspaper called The North Shore Leader, and that broke some news about Santos. So they raised questions about his finances. He claimed to be very wealthy. They pointed out that there was no evidence of fantastic wealth. Hmm. They raised questions about houses he said he owned and his heritage as well. But it wasn't until after the election, so this is in December, that the New York Times wrote about some of that same stuff, but also a lot of new things that Santos had claimed that didn't quite add up.
1: Interesting. Tell me about what the New York Times report
3: says. Well, that report found that George Santos actually did not work for Goldman Sachs or for Citigroup. He did not graduate from Baruch College, which is the prestigious university he said he'd been to. He didn't have an MBA, a Masters of Business Administration. I mean, some of this stuff's quite grisly. He claimed he'd had employees who died in the Pulse nightclub shooting, which was a mass shooting at a gay club in Florida that killed 49 people.
0: Breaking news right now in Orange County, where Orlando police have confirmed there's been a shooting in downtown Orlando at the Pulse nightclub.
3: That wasn't true either. So those were some of the original first things to come out that were like, hey, there's questions about this guy.
1: And so how did Santos respond to those reports, pointing out that some pretty basic things about his biography might not be true?
3: He tried to pass it off. He said everyone embellishes their resume. He said he was elected because of what he'd promised to do during the campaign. And essentially he just tried to say, you know, it doesn't matter. But then in the weeks after, this trickle, it becomes a flood. We find out he didn't own a property empire. He wasn't wealthy. He was actually living at his sister's rented apartment. We also learned about his interesting expenses. He'd spent a lot on travel, on clothes, on hotels. The New York Times found out that his grandparents were not involved in the Holocaust and that George Santos is not Jewish.
2: Do I wish you a
0: happy Hanukkah or Merry Christmas?
2: I'm Catholic, (laughs) but I'm also Jew-ish, as in ish.
3: It turned out his mother was not at the World Trade Center on September 11th. She didn't even live in the US then. She only moved here a few years later, I know. The charity he'd said he'd founded was not a charity and he'd raised money to pay for life-saving surgery for a disabled veteran's dog. Good idea, right? But allegedly, he just kept the money. And eventually, it led to him being charged with 23 crimes, mostly related to campaign finance dealings.
1: Adam, this is pretty astonishing. Do these many, many lies have any political consequences for George Santos?
3: Not for a while. No. Uh, (laughs) The Republican Party, after he was elected, had a very, very narrow majority in the House of Representatives. They really needed his vote. He didn't get the sweetest political committee assignments. So there was a consequence in terms of if he wanted to get stuff done. But for quite a long time, nah, he was turning up, he was getting paid, occasionally voting. Uh, That was about it, really.
1: So what can we actually say is true about this guy? Like, who is the real George Santos?
3: Oh, that's such a good question. Well, we know, as I said, there's evidence he lived in Queens, New York City, with his sister in a rented apartment. We know he spent some time in Brazil as a younger man. We know he does live in the US and he has been seen in Congress. I mean, you know, in terms of for certain, it's really difficult to say.
1: That is a very short list.
3: (laughs) Some of the lies he told. Kind of makes sense, right? You're trying to make yourself seem successful. But some of them are just like, why lie about this? He said he was a producer on the Spider-Man musical on Broadway. (laughs) Why make that up? And if you are going to make it up, why choose that musical? I mean, it was (laughs) was one of the most notorious theatrical failures in history. Six actors got injured in it. It lost tens of millions of dollars. It shut down because no one wanted to see it.
1: Performers were seriously injured.
3: Reviews were dreadful. The other odd lie, I mean, he said he was a star on the Baruch volleyball team. (laughs) He never even studied there. It's one of the lies that make you think, you know, what was the benefit in that? Surely the volleyball demographic isn't that strong. Um, So for me, that is an unanswered question that I really would like to get to the bottom of someday.
1: Up to this point, it's clear that George Santos is a terrific liar, but it doesn't have any political consequences for him. When does that begin to change?
3: Quite soon after he took office, you started to see some actual tangible things happen. He took office in January. In February, he was accused of sexual misconduct by a previous staffer. That's sort of separate. But in March, the House Ethics Committee opened an investigation into this torrent of alleged lies. So that was a months long investigation. They interviewed 40 people. They reviewed 10,000 documents. Those results came out in November. But separate to that, he's also been investigated criminally. And in May, only four or five months after he'd taken office, he was charged initially with seven counts, mostly relating to misappropriating campaign funds.
1: And so by the middle of this year, the. House of Cards that is George Santos is beginning to crumble. He's under investigation from federal prosecutors, from his own colleagues. It's worth adding that sexual misconduct allegation was never substantiated. But while he's in office being investigated, is he managing to get anything done? Basically, no.
3: Early on, he... Co-sponsored a bill to try and make the AR-15, which is a sort of assault rifle used in very, very many mass shootings over the past decade. He tried to have that made the official gun of the United States.
2: This
1: style of weapon was used in the Sandy Hook Elementary Massacre in 2012, also in the 2018 shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida, and last year at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, where 19 young children and two teachers were murdered.
3: That didn't happen, but no, basically. I mean, he's turning up for sort of normal level votes, but he doesn't have any true allies. He doesn't have any positions of real power on any committees and in terms of on the local level, because, of course, you know, it's not just all about what these politicians do in D.C. They are supposed to represent constituents back home. As far as I can tell, he was very rarely at his office. So it wasn't as if he was doing nothing in D.C. but was really active back home.
1: So is there any sense of what the people who voted him into office, in what's actually one of the wealthiest congressional districts in the entire U.S., thought of Santos's performance?
3: Well, I've been out there a couple of times. When I first went out, I just interviewed some random people who'd voted for him. And, you know, it's this post-truth era. I mean, Donald Trump has lied so much, continues to lie so much, and it just doesn't matter. You know, we've entered this era where people assume everyone lies. And his early claims that, well, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do good work for my constituents. That seemed to carry some water. So I don't think it had a huge impact initially. But then there was this drumbeat, including from the Republican Party locally, that he was a fraud and he had to be gotten rid of. And I think that started to change the tide a little bit. So I think there has been some limited polling that suggests he is deeply unpopular.
1: Adam, in the middle of November... Congress's investigation into George Santos finally drops, and it gives us this totally new insight into him and his alleged conduct. What does it reveal?
3: Yeah, they did a really good job of breaking this down. So essentially it revealed that he had pretended to loan his 2022 campaign money. So he'd said he'd loaned tens of thousands of dollars to his campaign. That made it look like he was running a successful bid to be in Congress. It made him look like a successful person. That then helped him to get rich people to donate to his campaign. Once they did, in a nutshell, he took that money and just spent it on himself. So (laughs) (laughs) he spent thousands of dollars at high-end clothing stores. They found evidence he withdrew money at a casino where he liked to play roulette. He used some of the money to pay his rent. And then brilliantly, he also spent apparently money on Botox, and spent money at a health spa. There was also payments to OnlyFans.
1: Oh, the adult film site. The
3: adult film site, yes. (laughs) Nicely put. Yeah, payments to OnlyFans. (laughs) And the Ethics Committee report just confirmed a lot of what had come out there about his numerous lies. An ethics report said that Congressman George Santos had exploited every aspect of his role for personal financial profit. Yeah, it was an interesting report.
1: And that report culminated last week in Congress finally taking action against George Santos. What happened?
3: There'd been two votes already as to whether the House of Representatives should expel George Santos. He'd survived both. But after the Ethics Committee report came out, it was the final nail in an already quite well-nailed coffin. (laughs) Um, And uh, many members of his own party voted for him to be expelled, along with almost all the Democrats.
1: Under clause 5D of rule 20, the chair announces to the house that in light of the expulsion of the gentleman from New York, Mr. Santos, the whole number of the house is now 434.
3: So he was booted out. I'm not going to say never to return because who knows, but probably not to return. (laughs) We'll see.
1: So why do you think it took so long to get rid of him, given how quickly and how clearly he was exposed as, at the very least someone who lies an incredible amount? I think there's
3: two things. One much more noble than the other. So the first thing being Republicans have a very narrow majority in the House of Representatives. Every vote they can get, they need. And George Santos was one of those votes. That is the less noble one. The other one is even Democrats didn't want to expel him straight away because they feared it could set a precedent. Now, he's still not been convicted of a crime. Obviously, we have had the ethics report, which is extremely damning. But I think there was a fear among Democrats that if we get rid of this guy because of allegations in the press, does that set a precedent where in the future Fox News could issue some specious report on a Democrat and then Republicans clamor to expel him? So two different reasons, I think, why he was able to drag on for so
1: long. And how did he react to all this? What were his parting words to Congress as they were booting him out the door?
3: Oh, it was brilliant. So dramatic. He said, why would I want to stay here? To hell with this place. (laughs) And uh, he had an overcoat draped around his shoulders, you know, like with his arms not in the sleeves. And it just added to this sort of theatrical thing, you know, he might as well have swished his coat on the way out. It was brilliant.
1: I mean... On the one hand, this is all very serious and very bad, but also, I, I kind of love this guy.
3: I mean, it, you know, looked at one way, he's one of the great American success stories. Someone with absolutely no qualifications whatsoever, just made up almost everything about his life, and it's got him right into the upper echelons of politics.
1: An inspiration to us all. An inspiration, Yeah. <laughs> Adam, as of now, George Santos is no longer a member of Congress, but is this the end of his troubles or just the beginning?
3: I think just the beginning in the sense that he faces 23 federal criminal charges, laundering funds to pay for personal expenses, you know, illegally receiving unemployment benefits. He was charging donors credit cards allegedly without consent. He is up in court next week in Long Island. That's a routine appearance. He's pleading not guilty, and he's set to go to trial in September 2024. And, I mean, these are quite serious crimes. He could very well end up in prison.
1: Wow. I mean... If he does manage to escape prison, do we know what the second act of George Santos might look like? I I read this week that HBO are planning to make a film about his life and that he's already making money on Cameo, which is a website where you can pay celebrities to record personalised messages.
3: I think it's going to be interesting There's a lot of chatter that he might pop up on celebrity TV shows, that kind of thing. He clearly likes the limelight. There's always space for right-wing people to hold podcasts, do YouTube shows, whatever. There's a huge audience for that.
1: I mean, they will let anyone host a podcast, believe me on (laughs) that. Yeah. I mean, perhaps given
3: his famed athletic prowess, he was a volleyball star at Baruch College. Obviously, he wasn't, but he said he was. Perhaps something like Dancing with the Stars could appeal. That's the US version of Strictly Come Dancing.
2: Maybe in the future, if I find the hoop spot to go on television and embarrass myself with my four left, mate. me.
1: Coming up, the serious lessons to be drawn from a pretty wild story. Adam, this is obviously a funny story, a very funny story, but it has a serious side, which is the fact that this guy was a liar, he was allegedly a fraudster, and yet he made it as far as the US Congress. What do you think it tells us about the American political system that George Santos was able to get this far?
3: It is serious as well, isn't it? Because essentially he ripped off not just his donors, but the voters. It tells us that within the American political system, there was a big failure. The chair of the local Democratic committee, so they were involved in running a candidate against Santos in 2022, he said that the Democratic National Party essentially didn't take Santos serious enough to begin with. He'd run in 2020, he was seen as a bit of a joke. Democrats, I think, just thought it was gonna be a safe seat for them. And they didn't put enough money towards doing oppo research, you know, having people really dig into Santos's background. Mm. I mean, he should also have been vetted by his own party, especially seen as he ran in 2020. But the Republican National Party, they weren't really looking closely at this race. They didn't spend very much money on this race at all. And he slipped through the cracks. But I mean, it is fascinating that someone can make it this far in this day and age Mm. when information is publicly available and all the money that is spent on American politics and this guy slipped through.
1: This is a story that has entertained and captivated, people who are very into politics. Do you think the general public cares that George Santos is trailed by these incredible lies? Like, do you think honesty is something that the public really cares about in their politicians?
3: I think we've seen evidence that people don't. I mean, in 2016, when Donald Trump won, the public holds politicians in such low regard now, and they always have, but particularly low regard now, that it's just assumed politicians are lying anyway. I I think there is an interest in Santos because it's gone much further and also because some of the details are so salacious. It's like something you'd find in a magazine, isn't it? So I think that's brought extra interest. But I think it's that soap opera interest rather than necessarily absolute outrage that he's lied.
1: And it's... Also fascinating, to me at least, that Santos gets kicked out of Congress for these alleged frauds and lies, while the leading contender for the Republican presidential nomination is facing 91 felony counts. And he's more popular among Republicans than he's ever been.
3: Yeah, absolutely. A majority of Republicans in Congress perpetuate the lie that the election was stolen. I mean, there's this dishonesty everywhere. And I guess in one sense, Santos' downfall shows that Not every politician can get away with doing whatever they want all the time. There's also just a Democratic senator who's been charged with accepting bribes.
0: New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez and his wife Nadine indicted by a federal grand jury in
3: New York. But you look at Trump's popularity. I mean, it seems so certain that he, despite being charged with 91 felony counts, is going to win the Republican nomination.
1: Do you think that Congress and the American system has learned anything from George Santos. Do you think future candidates will be scrutinised any more closely and we may have seen the last of this kind of person in Congress?
3: The last of the great liars. Um, I think probably yes, maybe for the wrong reasons. I don't think it's for ethical reasons that Congress won't allow it to happen again. I think it's more embarrassment. It's not that difficult to just pump, I don't know, a few $10,000 towards conducting proper opposition research. So I think there'll be much more focus on that in the coming election next year.
1: Adam, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Adam Gabbett, a journalist with Guardian US, whose coverage of George Santos can be found at theguardian.com. And that is it for today. This episode was produced by Ned Carter-Miles. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producer was Homer Khalili. And we're back with you tomorrow.